Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Gore Human suffering Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Uh, trying to take over the throne, eh? No, Miss Irene, I wasn't. Come here, you knucklehead. Boink. I'm Andy. Dynamite with a laser beam? Guaranteed to gouge your eyes. I'm Adam. Don't like my new law, huh? What's this in my pocket? An anonymous note saying you're a traitor. I'm Sean. So, all you kings out there, watch your concubines. I'm Kelly, and this is Acid Pop. Hello everyone and welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about Queens Who Killed. Oh, Mm -hmm. just to get this out of the way up front, I still haven't met any queens. (laughs) No? How about killers? Hmm. Maybe. It's possible. (laughs) This episode was brought to us by our patron, Eric. Thank you, Eric. And if you want to support us on Patreon and get cool stuff, check us out. All right. So I don't really have an etymology today. But I did want to mention filicide, because all of these queens specifically killed their own children. Hmm. No! (laughs) And all children are named Phil. (laughs) (laughs) And Phyllis Diller. So, Phyllis means child, and side means kill. I've never heard that one. Thought it'd be like infanticide or something. (laughs) (laughs) That is another one, but it's a little more specific. Most of these people did not kill infants, although some of them did. If the mood struck them. (laughs) I'm a queen. Who's going to do anything about it? (laughs) I should mention these queens did kill their children, but they didn't stop there. That just was part of the general theme. (laughs) They brought them back to life and killed them again. All right. So no uh, science or history today, because this is all history, but... Sometimes women's rule. (laughs) Not often, but sometimes. Welcome to the science of queens. It's in the blood. (laughs) Moving on to our acid pop quiz. For this quiz, we're going to be doing a little bit of trivia for the 6th and 8th centuries, because that is when two out of our three queens were around. Oh, you may not know this about me, but those are my specialties. (laughs) Oh, good. So, uh, Adam, then. (laughs) True or false? In the year 535, the Rabul volcano erupted wiping out 2,000 people and leading to an upswing in conversions to Christianity on the island. Yeah, I might go Christian if that happened. False. It was 532. I'm going to say true. It's, it sounds plausible. So this is false. Yeah. Now, it is probable that that volcano erupted in 535, but what it actually caused was a worldwide climate event and widespread famine. And Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> a historian from the time wrote, During this year, a most dread portent took place, for the sun gave forth its light without brightness, and it seemed exceedingly <laughs> like the sun in eclipse, for the beams it shed were not clear. Hmm. A potent portent. <laughs> so basically, the whole world was wrapped in volcanic ash, so it was very cold all year round. Just like Krakatoa. He did write this every time there was a cloudy day. (laughs) (laughs) Potent potables. (laughs) The end times are here. 
sunny in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for our short answer, Justinian was the Roman holy emperor in the 530s and 540s. What's named after him? People named Justin? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all people named Justin? (laughs) Justice Courts. Um, Joey's. Breaking headlines? (laughs) Say this Justin, Ian... (laughs) So he has his own plague named after him. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> the Justinian plague wiped out something like a quarter of the Eastern Mediterranean. Wow. I just I just played that uh, Plague Tale game. They talked about this. Oh. At its height, it killed 5,000 people a day in Constantinople. Wow. But not Istanbul. <laughs> Justinian did contract this plague, but he did recover. Good for you. Wait, then how did it get named after him? Because he's the only one that survived, so bad he named pre- it. Bad press. He no. was in charge. I order you not to kill me. Well, then why isn't it called Trump 19? <laughs> <laughs> Let's work on that. So last, our term for the 6th century. What is a fire clock? Ooh. I'll give you a hint. It's a type of clock. That's a, It's a grandfather clock, but instead of a cuckoo bird inside, it has a cannon that comes out and goes <laughs> with the top of every hour. Don't think they had cuckoo clocks in 535. <laughs> they might have. Uh, it's a it's a candle that burns at a specific rate. It's like how uh, some pine cones can only open if there's a forest fire, so the trees can still grow. So <laughs> if, if there's a fire in your house, you'd still want to be able to tell the time. <laughs> yep. It's, it's so the, the clock, clock only the clock only works when it's on fire. <laughs> Thank God I bought that clock. It's <laughs> incredibly accurate. They called me a fool, but now I know I'm dying at 657. <laughs> Make me a punctual fool, then. So, Andy, you're the closest. Oh. Invented in India in the 6th century, these are incense clocks, Hmm. uh, where the stick of incense burns at a set speed and can measure minutes and hours. Oh, they should put a different scent on every hour. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It'd be like a blind person clock. Yeah. I don't think they did that, but these did even incorporate bells and gongs. So when it burnt to a certain point, it would ring. How? I have no idea. (laughs) You know, I was just thinking blind people can probably still hear the bells and gongs of regular clocks. (laughs) (laughs) They probably don't need to spell it. (laughs) Maybe they're blind and deaf. Honey, it smells like 6 (laughs) a.m. Don't cook breakfast for me because I won't know what time it is. (laughs) Okay, moving on to the 8th century. True or false, tea became the habitual drink of China in the 8th century. Uh, I'm going to say false. You're been putting leaves in water forever that's what yeah. yeah i'm gonna say false just because yeah i'm gonna yeah, everyone's saying false i'll go true contrarian so this is true oh gotcha so uh tea is a popular drink has been around since at least the third century yeah uh but in the eighth century it became seen as tied to buddhist thought ah plus and- they invented cups and could stop holding <laughs> the boiling water in their hands <laughs> ow 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 just steep faster please um <laughs> Whereas the other drink of the time, alcohol, was seen as sort of antithetical to Buddhist thought. Hmm. It was Doesn't also seen thinking. as healthful, which was true, uh, because boiling water is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, you wouldn't die as often if you boiled your water all the time. But that's the same reason that uh, alcohol caught on so big in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need one or the other. Or coffee. coffee or both. Too. Boil your alcohol. I'm going to have a hot toddy. What's that? <laughs> I don't know. Give me a hot beer. <laughs> All right. Where did Arabic numerals originate? Sand. <laughs> they were a base six system. 
Arabic numerals are the base 10 system. Are they? Mm-hmm. What That's am I our thinking system. of? I'm oh. going to say India. What am I thinking of then? Um, fingers. Let's play the game. What is Sean thinking of? <laughs> Adam, did we get a guess from you? I said sand. Okay. Uh, Andy, you get it twice over. I give you an extra point just for giving a real guess. Oh, man. Uh, but they did originate in India. I've recently been taking math classes for children. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly as early as the third century, though they were evolving and changing a lot, uh, depending on what source you look at. But then the numbers were adopted by Arabic cultures and spread widely. Thus, the Arabic numerals label and uh, the eighth century is when they really sort of started to catch on. Hmm. What is bidi? Possibly bed or bead. B-E-D-E. <laughs> D-E. That's the uh, sigh you make when you get into bed. You go, time for bed. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what that robot says? Beady, beady, beady. Um, no. Beady is... This is about queens killing their children. Well, this is about the 8th century. And the queens that killed their children in the 8th <laughs> century. Uh, it sounds like some sort of flooring. Hmm. It's the... Uh, it's those, like, doorway curtain things that are made out of beads. <laughs> All right. So, Beady was a monk and saint in the 8th century. His ecclesiastical history of the English people popularized the use of the BCAD dating system, which we still use in its BCECE form today. Unless you're an angry person, in which case you yell that we're erasing your religion. Stop (laughs) it. He's the one who said, you know what? Let's start everything from Jesus. Time starts now. (laughs) Wait, wait. Now. God, I'm aging. Oh, God. Why have you cursed us this way? Did you know? <laughs> All the years are catching up. So moving on to our stories. Our first queen is a woman named Ferd- Friedegund. Oh. Um, also important to this story, another queen named Brunhild. Friedegund. <laughs> she must be American because I'm Friedegund because the Second <laughs> Amendment. <laughs> So this story takes a little bit of scene setting. In the mid-500s, where France now exists, there were three brothers, each ruling their own kingdom. They found a genie. (laughs) (laughs) It was a bloody time, and assassination, execution, and infighting were the norm. Well, stop it. In short, these brothers didn't get along great to begin with. (laughs) Hug it out. You're a poop head. (laughs) Oh, assassinations are coming for you. (laughs) One of these three brothers was a dude named Chilperic, who ruled what's now northern France. There's some good names. Oh, they just keep going. I I am suffering here. (laughs) He was married to a woman named Odivera, and Odivera had a servant named Fridegund. Mm. Fridegund was a woman with plans. (laughs) (laughs) Step one was to move up in the world from queen's servant to king's consort. Ah. This went swimmingly. Yeah, that's an easy gig if you're the queen's servant. Oh, no, I appear to have dropped my boobs out of me. <laughs> Could you help me pick them up? <laughs> With your mouth? <laughs> she was in the king's bed in no time. Next, she needed to get rid of the queen. This proved similarly easy, because apparently Chilperic was an extremely influenceable fellow. <laughs> oh, no, I seem to have dropped my boobs out of my top, she said to the queen. <laughs> At Friedegun's urging, Chilperic sent the queen to live in a convent, everyone's favorite wife disposal device. <laughs> You're a nun now. <laughs> it's a wife recycling center. <laughs> You're the bride of God. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Once Ottavera was out of sight, Fridigun had her killed. Whoop. Oh. Killed a nun. <laughs> now, step three was supposed to be become queen. Mm-hmm. But the king threw a wrench in the works. <laughs> so I don't feel like getting married again. <laughs> See, his brother, King Siegbert, had just married a fancy princess named Brunhild. And Chilperic wanted a fancy princess of his own. Hmm. I want a better princess. <laughs> that one. Fridigund was not a fancy princess. So instead of marrying her, Chilperic set his eyes on Brunhild's sister, Galswintha. Wow. She's a little skeptical. And he's like, I have eyes for only you. I'll forsake all others. Uh-oh. So she heads over, only to find out he was lying through his teeth. <laughs> what are all these mistresses doing here? <laughs> Those don't count. Fridigund is still his main squeeze, a fact that she doesn't appreciate. She even threatens to go home. <laughs> what with the clumsy boobs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No problem. Fridigund and Chilperic strangle her in her sleep, and a few days later, they get married. Oh. oh. I guess I don't need a princess. <laughs> <laughs> the philosopher has worn off this princess. <laughs> Brunhild, the dead queen's sister, mm, mm-hmm. who's married to her sister's murderer's brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we <laughs> you could have had another sister-in-law. <laughs> Did not appreciate this. She and the king, Siegbert, declare war on Chilperic, and it goes really well. Screw you guys. In fact, they've pretty much won when Fridigun sends a few of her pet assassins over to deal with things. Pet assassins? One was a cat, one was a squirrel. (laughs) Oh, I got a rhino and a mask. (laughs) They attend Sigurd's victory feast and stab him to death with poisoned eating utensils. Congratulations, (laughs) sir! This is the spoon, I don't understand! (laughs) (laughs) After this, Brunhild and Fridigund are pretty much locked in war for the next 20 years. (laughs) Quit killing everybody I like! (laughs) No, you're ugly! During this time, they each move in and out of power, whether through marriage. At one point, Brunhild marries Fridigun's stepson, and then Fridigun has him assassinated. No, stop doing this. (laughs) She has one problem-solving technique. (laughs) Sometimes they achieve power through regency, and sometimes even through sole rulership. Fridigun briefly enjoys ruling alone after Chilperic's mysterious death. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. It's not like I employ a bunch of assassins or anything. (laughs) Through all of this, Fridigun continues to assassinate anyone she finds even mildly irritating. (laughs) All you have is an assassin. (laughs) (laughs) She has servants put to the rack and messengers burned alive. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't shoot them. (laughs) All we brought was catalogs today. (laughs) If you fail as one of her assassins, she collects your hands. Uh-oh. That makes your job even harder. Yeah. Once, her daughter irritated her, and she tried to crush her to death in a chest. Wow. Even after her death, she continued her war with Brunhild. Wait, who's, uh, who's death? After Fridigun died, she continued her war with Brunhild. Yeah. Well, on her deathbed, she had a bunch of assassins around her. She said, oh no, my boobs fell out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and rolled out onto the floor. Her son captured Brunhild, paraded her on a camel, tortured her on the rack for three days, and then had her torn apart by wild horses. Wow. She was 92 at this point, so it's... <laughs> Those two did not get along. Man. Well, the only reason they didn't get along is because Frida Gunn kept on going, well, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Boy, do you want to be an assassin? <laughs> I've got this spoon. 
You with the irritating sneeze, do you want to be assassinated? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's an assassination. <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about Empress Wu. Woo! Ric Flair's Empress. <laughs> so her story starts in 624. Like all the women I'm discussing, what's true of Wu and what's merely hearsay <laughs> <laughs> is hard to determine. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> What we can say for sure is that she was the only empress to rule in China's very long history, and that she actually did a reasonably good job of it from the people's perspective. <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> she rooted out corruption, mostly by killing people, <laughs> opened up more positions to lay people, and put the empire on a more stable path. This skill of, at governing is why she was able to stay in power despite being a woman in the 600s. That and uh, everything beard. else she did. <laughs> So let's get to that. Wu started out her career similarly to Frida Gunn. She was actually an incredibly educated woman from a wealthy family. But she started out her career as a consort to the emperor, Taizong. But not one to keep all her eggs in one basket, she also hooked up with the emperor's son, huh. Li Zhu. <laughs> when the emperor died, tradition required that all his concubines have their heads shaved and be confined to a temple to live out their lives in chastity. But uh, Li Zhu wasn't about to miss out on Wu's attentions, so she was brought back to the court ASAP. (sighs) You get your head shaved unless you're really hot. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Emperor's consort is not a bad job, but Wu had higher ambitions. She also had a few women in her way, Hmm. like the Emperor's wife Hmm. and his head concubine, neither of who liked her very much for some (laughs) reason. Wu gave birth to two sons though neither was in the line for the throne, and Hmm. then a daughter. The daughter died shortly after birth. There are a lot of theories about what might have happened to this baby. Some theorize that she died of CO2 poisoning, which was common in the palace due to the charcoal braziers that were everywhere. Uh, People just dropping dead occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) The popular theory is that she poisoned the baby herself. Hmm. What Wu claimed happened was that the emperor's wife killed the baby. Yeah. That horrible woman. (laughs) The Empress had been the last to hold the baby, Mm. and her hatred of Wu was well known. Fingerprints all over that baby. (laughs) (laughs) And that was apparently enough to get the death blamed on her. Wu then claimed that the first concubine was also involved. (laughs) She helped. (laughs) They both hated her. (laughs) That baby was so strong, it took two women to kill it. (laughs) So they were both sent into exile. Li Zhu then married Wu. There you go. Stories go that once she was raised to empress, she had the former empress and the head consort collected, had their hands and feet cut off, Uh and then had them tossed into a vat of wine to drown. Wow. Well, at least that's a nice way to drown. (laughs) Reportedly, she said, now these two witches can get drunk to their bones. (laughs) I don't know that they made sake in China. Otherwise, I would say that's a sucky death. (laughs) Now, the emperor wasn't great at his job, which allowed Wu a great deal of power. This power only increased when the emperor had a stroke. (laughs) I make decisions! (laughs) (laughs) And only increased further once the emperor died. (laughs) Of a second stroke and a knife. (laughs) At this point, she should have been comfortably regent for her sons. But there was a problem. One of them challenged her. So he had to be dealt with. 
Okay. She had him poisoned. Oh, did it work? Then there was a problem of the new new emperor. New new. Also her son. Oh. He wasn't listening closely enough. Hey. She found him guilty of treason. <laughs> against what? He's the emperor. <laughs> I raised you. This is treason against mothers. <laughs> Apparently he was really bad at ruling. Hmm. So she was able to kind of get the court to turn on him. <laughs> so bad he committed crimes against himself. <laughs> So she had him and his brother exiled. <laughs> then her youngest son took the throne. She kept him under house arrest, made all his decisions for him, and eventually forced him to abdicate the throne. Can I breathe today, mother? <laughs> mm. I'm thinking about it. With that, she was finally China's first female emperor. <laughs> she celebrated her rule by wiping out anyone who had even the slightest claim to the throne. Oh, is that all of her sons? <laughs> this required her to kill off 15 family lines. Wow. Lines? Lines. <laughs> lines. <laughs> I told well, hello, you she... young lady. <laughs> I told you she opened up spaces for lay people. Yeah. I suppose she did. It took a little time, but she was a thorough woman. She did what had to be done. So generally, these started out with accusations of treason, and then she'd have the accused executed. Or call them to the throne room to have them commit suicide in her presence. Oh. She had a very unique way of finding out why everyone she didn't like was committing treason. <laughs> she had an anonymous comment box set up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling HR on you. <laughs> Feedback is appreciated with quotation marks. Anyone could drop an anonymous note explaining oh, no. what anyone else had done. <laughs> If she had a problem with someone, one of her secret police would drop a tip in the box and yeah. the issue would be dealt with. <laughs> at least it wasn't in her handwriting. Yeah, right. That's what I was expecting. So the end of her 23-year reign came when her attention fell a little too heavily on two of her concubines. She really did keep a hism. Hmm. Uh, well, why not? The Zahn brothers. She described one of them as having a face as beautiful as a lotus flower. <laughs> She showered so much favor on these two, some nobles stormed the palace, cut off the brothers' heads, wow. and took control of the government. Jealous much? <laughs> hey, now. The 70-year-old Wu sort of shrugged and let it happen. <laughs> uh, I've had my fun. <laughs> pretty much. She was like, yeah, fair. I'm done. You guys do your thing. She was ready for a break. Yeah. Go swim in some wine. <laughs> So lastly, we're going to talk about Irene of Athens. Hmm. So her story starts in 752. They can't kill people. Athenians are scholars. We're going to do read them to death. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> so Irene was born in Athens to a noble family. She was an iconophile, which is to say she supported the veneration of religious icons. I thought it meant she was afraid of them. Oh, no, a file. So she loves them. Yes. Yes, she's, she, she sees a statue of Zeus and it's just like, whew. <laughs> well, this is 752 AD. <laughs> Still Zeus. Sorry, Jupiter. Or Mars. So this was a super important de debate in the church at the time. And being in support of icons put her on the Pope's good side, which was helpful in her future career. Isn't that idolatry, though? <laughs> it's cool if you're Catholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Irene started her career as the wife of Leo IV, Emperor of the Eastern Empire. Good gig if you can get it. <laughs> but got not good enough for Irene, 
what with Leo in the way, being all in charge and such. Stupid lion. Not to mention, Leo went back and forth on the subject of icon worship, sometimes trying to find a compromise between the two camps, sometimes coming down against them. Mm -hmm. His confusion on the subject was largely resolved in 780 when he died unexpectedly (laughs) of irritating Irene. Oh, (laughs) he fell on a statue of Jesus. (laughs) It's debated whether she killed her husband, but uh, she certainly had it in her. (laughs) Don't Uh, we all? (laughs) So Irene's son, Constantine, was only nine at the time, and Irene became regent, effectively ruling the empire. When Leo's half-brothers tried to take the throne, Hey! Irene had them ordained as priests and thus declared ineligible. <laughs> priests aren't allowed to be violent. No, that's a hell of a power move. You can't do that. I want to be a priest. Too late. Oh, now you're a mime. How is she doing this? <laughs> I thought this was good turnabout on the usual send a woman to the convent approach. <laughs> Your shirt is red. <laughs> that's pretty good. I should note here, though, that Leo had five half-brothers. <laughs> So turning a couple of them into priests didn't solve the greater problem. Well, if you can do two, you can do five. <laughs> yeah, two priests and an altar boy. Or three. So trouble brewed when Constantine reached 16, old enough to rule in his own right. He managed to temporarily get control from his mother for two years. But he was so bad at ruling <laughs> that she managed to be declared co-empress. Today's free money day! <laughs> <laughs> Leo's brothers attempted another coup, (laughs) and this time, one of the brothers was blinded for his troubles, and the other had his tongue split. Oh, okay, you speak no evil, you see no evil. (laughs) By 797, Irene was done with the whole co-ruling nonsense. (laughs) She gathered her people and kicked Constantine off the throne. He tried to flee, but her supporters caught him and brought him back. Irene had her son's eyes gouged out to ensure no further uppityness. This sounds rude. (laughs) He died of the wounds. Yeah, well. My infected eye holes. Shut up, boy. In 799, Leo's brothers tried again for the throne. (laughs) Well, how about for you? (laughs) I can't see where she is. (laughs) (laughs) Just point me in the right direction. Really getting the hang of this blinding business, she continued her (laughs) eye collection. And this is the last you hear of the brothers, so that may have been the last of the brothers. Yeah, they can't write any accounts of themselves anymore. (laughs) Went to the Three Stooges School of Combat. Irene continued to rule until 803, when she was forced out by her own government. (laughs) Oh, wait, we have power, too. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. There's more of us than you. (laughs) We started the Senate. We have checks and balances. (laughs) And most are I still. (laughs) Oh, I'll solve that. Oh, get over here. (laughs) Such a gouging. (laughs) She's got one long fingernail. (laughs) (laughs) She agreed to step down and died a year later. (laughs) And that's the last of my stories. Boy, I guess when you uh, gain power as a a woman, your work is never done. (laughs) You really got (laughs) to keep trying for it. Yeah. Well, no one's ever just going to be say, oh, that's cool. You're good. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. She's given all of these laymen all these positions. And all the nobles are over there going, oh, my God. <laughs> and she's dating those handsome boys. <laughs> <laughs> she's supposed to be dating nobles. <laughs> all right. So sort of a twist on the usual, what are your morals worth today? Which one of these three women would you 
most be willing to attract the ire of. Ire? To, yeah, if you have to piss one of these three off, oh, man. who's it going to be? <laughs> one of them hires assassins. One of them... Look, okay. Yeah, what, what was the MO of all of them again? One of the assassins. Frida Gunn hired assassins. Wu wiped out 15 family lines. Oh, we don't no. know how. Probably with Via comment box. <laughs> she usually had people commit suicide in her presence. Oh, God. And then Irene liked eyes. Ugh. Now, I'm not saying they're going to get you. You can yeah. run. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I don't know. I think I'd go with Wu just because <laughs> she went hard on threats to the throne. But I'm not necessarily a threat to the throne. I just pissed her off. And she seemed pretty okay outside the throne threat. That's true. I was thinking I don't want... I don't want my entire family line taken out, but if I'm not, uh, if I don't have any claim to the throne, then that shouldn't be a problem. Frida Gunn yeah. was killing everybody, so let's just cross her off. <laughs> yeah, no one's, <laughs> unless we want I, it over with quick, we don't want to go with Frida Gunn. At least with Irene, I have the chance to become a priest. <laughs> <laughs> just spontaneously. <laughs> Poof, you're a priest. Okay. <laughs> I love God. <laughs> Should I put up more idols, Miss, Miss Irene? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go, woo! I'm going Irene, because like I said, alive. Worst case, yeah. you have to learn to read Braille. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Unless you die of your infected eye holes. Ugh. No, I clean my eye holes daily, so there's no... <laughs> Hurry, I'm going to stab you, i got to sneeze. <laughs> I think I'd have to go woo. I mean, we don't... There is that amb- ambiguity of we don't really know how she killed people as much, but... The suicide. Well, not, yeah, but even then, like, there's some wiggle room in a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Just jump out her first story window and just like, ah! <laughs> she could drown you in wine. Empress Wu, I'm a well-traveled man. What if I give you the French's small death? <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I think I got to go with Irene. Yeah. She seems the least likely to murder me of the three. Come on, Irene. <laughs> Poke out your eyes. Hey. All right. Thanks to the crew for joining me today. Thanks to his majesty, our editor Gerard. Bow down. Worship him. And thanks to you for listening. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Acid Pop Podcast. You can contact us on Reddit or email us at acidpopcodcast at gmail.com. You can even support us on Patreon for bonus episodes, Discord access, and all sorts of cool perks. And remember, don't piss off the queen. Oh boy. Tootaloo! Good. I think I have one. I need to find the voice. <laughs> Dig deep. Don't do a Chinese accent. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, let's try it. Ah, trying to take over the throne, huh? No, Irene, I wasn't. Boink. Ah, wah, 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 wah. That was Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went directly to Luigi in five seconds. <laughs> I almost didn't say anything. I thought you were still doing the bit. <laughs> It's-a me, Curly! <laughs> <laughs>